0: this morning's reading is taken from romans chapter 12 verses 1 to 2. in the pew bibles it's on page 1139 and in the large print bibles it's in 1809 romans chapter 12 verses 1 to 2. living sacrifices therefore i urge you brothers in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to god This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, just to repeat my welcome from the beginning, it's so great to have you all here this morning. You are very, very welcome. And just so you know, we're starting a new series this morning, and we're looking at uh, our community on into the future. And I have been asked to speak on a place of worship. We want our church to be a place of worship Now, I haven't always been a Christian. I don't know uh, whether you would describe yourself as a Christian or not. I'm sure many uh, people would do here this morning. But I remember reading an article in the Sunday Times before I came to faith and it was showing uh, and describing Christians worshipping, and there was all sorts of different styles. And I remember thinking, goodness me, that is so weird. This whole idea of worship, it's, I actually felt a bit frightened by the whole thing. I thought, that's so freaky. There are people like this, there are people like this on the organ. I just thought, that's so weird. The reality of it is, of course, though, that actually all humans are worshippers. We are uh, all worshipping something or other, be it... Uh, a football team, be it the latest fashion, uh, whatever it is, we, we are worshipers. And as Christians, of course, we worship God. So I want to, just this morning, ask some very, very basic questions. Why do we worship God? We actually worship God because of who He is and what He's done. And the relation of the person of God will always lead us to worship Him. And I like what it says in Psalm 71. This kind of uh, captures the sentiment of worship. I will praise you with the heart for your faithfulness, my God. I will sing praise to you with the lyre, Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, I whom you have redeemed. We're redeemed people, aren't we, when we come to faith. And I went from a position of thinking, oh my goodness, that's so freaky, to actually becoming a a worshiper, and um, that was a big sort of transition. But we basically worship God in response to who he is and what he's done in Christ. I chose these verses from Romans just as a frame this morning. I'm not going to really look at them closely, but they do remind us, though, before we jump in, that worship basically covers our whole life, doesn't it? It's not just about, often I used to think worship was about singing songs. Actually, these verses remind us that Christian worship is all-encompassing. And when we come to faith in Christ, we worship God with everything, with our whole lives, not just on a Sunday for an hour or two or when we sing. So according to Paul, we worship God with our bodies, This is verse 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. As we worship God, it actually um, involves our whole lifestyle. I didn't realize it at the time when I came to faith, but as a Christian, I was called to live very, very differently to how I would have lived if I hadn't come to faith. And you get this sense of this from Paul's words in verse 2. Do not conform... To the pattern of this world. It's a completely different way of living and lifestyle choices, having come to faith. And then it's even, would you believe, it's even about what we think, worshiping God and our private thought life. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So with that sort of general frame of worship, I want to jump into thinking about sung worship And uh, I want to, this morning, identify what's the correct form of sung worship. And um, as I do so, I recognize that worship is actually, sung worship is quite a controversial area. We have quite strong views about it. That's been my experience uh, in the church as I've spoken to people. And um, often people struggle with new forms of worship. And I came across this article uh, that was written about new types of Christian worship. And I came across this recently, and I just want to read this article to you, just a, just a little section of it, and see whether, as I say these words written by this person, you resonate with any of it. So this is an article about new forms of Christian music. There are, I'm quoting, several reasons for opposing it. One, it's too new. Two, it's often worldly, even blasphemous. New Christian music is not as pleasant as the more established style because there are so many new songs, you can't learn them all. It puts too much emphasis on instrumental music than on godly lyrics. This new music creates disturbances, making people act indecently and disorderly. The preceding generation, quite frankly, got along very well without it and it's the money-making scam, and some of the new music upstarts are lewd and loose. I don't know whether you kind of relate to any of that. Actually, that article was written in 1723. (laughs) The young music upstart was Isaac Watts. And the awful music they were commenting on was his hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. (laughs) Why do we sing songs to God? We sing songs, actually, because there's a clear biblical precedent for using music and songs in times of worship. In the Old Testament, the Psalms, actually, were hymns. They were sung in the temple. And the Book of Psalms, I don't know whether you realize this, is actually referred to as Israel's songbook. And in the New Testament, of course, there are so many passages exhorting us to uh, worship God in songs. For example, 1 Corinthians 14, bring psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs when you gather together. And uh, as a pastor, I've actually basically met quite a few Christians who um, don't actually like sung worship. You know, they find it too loud, or they just don't like it, or it's just, I'd rather do without it. I would encourage you, if you are in that camp, I kind of uh, can appreciate your view, but worship, sung worship, is actually going to be a huge part of our life together in eternity, forever, if you read Revelation 4 and 5. So I'd encourage you to sort of get used to the idea, maybe, or (laughs) change your faith. I shouldn't really say that, should I? But there you go. So, what is the correct style of worship? There are all sorts of different styles of sung worship, aren't there? Some love organ-led hymns, crown him with many crowns, a Jesus I have promised, the great list goes on. Others love guitar-led songs. Others sort of like different phases of worship, don't they, Uh, in history. Maybe you're a 1980s Graham Kendrick person, you know, the Shine Jesus Shine, you just love that. Or maybe you love Stuart Townsend or Jonathan Vera, our own... uh, Jonathan Vera, or maybe you're a Matt Redmond person, or a Tim Hughes person, or the Vineyard, or Bethel, or Hillsong, or more recently, Luke Hallenbroth, who sounds like a soup to me, but there you go, (laughs) which is the best one. I want to, this morning, very briefly, just recommend three characteristics of authentic Christian worship to help uh, you think about this. And uh, we could spend a year on this, so there, there, are, there are hundreds of basic things, but here's my starter for three, if you like. First of all, authentic Christian worship is all about the adoration of Jesus. However we worship, it's all about the adoration of Jesus. Now um, what's interesting is I watched the Football World Cup, as many of you did, and what was interesting uh, actually, is, is people who worship footballers and worship uh, that tournament and all the teams. One person everyone really worshiped was Leo Messi, an Argentinian player. And um, often, when we worship, we adore people. And uh, he was the focus of adoration. In the church, when we worship, we adore Jesus Christ. This is really important, actually, because what it means is Christian worship is isn't about songs. It's not about instruments, organs, guitars, electric, whatever. It's not about choirs or bands. Christian worship actually is about a person, Jesus Christ. And we worship Jesus. We don't worship worship. Paul picks this up in Romans, uh, Romans 10. He says that actually we worship when we proclaim that Jesus is Lord. And so worship is about him. It's actually not about us. Worship is about the adoration of Jesus, which we do through the songs, through the instruments and our voices. And any worship on any min- instrument, in, er- in any um, lyric that doesn't adore Jesus is worthless and uh, actually not Christian in character. So I hope that's helpful. That's my first distinct characteristic of Christian worship. And uh, just so you know, as a church, we're seeking to improve our worship life uh, together, aren't we? And uh, we've got such a great team of musicians here and uh, worshipers, and uh, I just wanted to thank them and have that opportunity to do so. Secondly, I'm suggesting this morning, authentic Christian worship is about bringing a sacrifice. Authentic Christian worship is always about bringing a sacrifice. Whatever you worship... Uh, you sacrifice something. Uh, That's always the case with worship of whatever kind. So the people who went to uh, the World Cup and bought the tops, sacrificed some money. Uh, They sacrificed the cost of the flights. They sacrificed their time, and uh, it involves sacrifice. Christian worship, too, involves sacrifice. It always has been. Uh, Up until the time of King David, whenever the people of God gathered for worship, they actually always came with a sacrifice. The sacrifice often involved an animal, and when it died, the significance of the act was in the shedding of its blood. And the shedding of its blood, actually, uh, of the animal is what made atonement for the person's life. You shed blood, you'd be okay before God. Have a look at Leviticus 17. One of the most remarkable things about what God has done in Christ is that we no longer have to bring animals as Jesus on the cross has made the great sacrifice And uh, he has basically made us acceptable to God. And so we no longer have to sacrifice animals. He's done it all. We can do no more. It is finished, he said on the cross, which is a relief because I really like rabbits and guinea pigs. (laughs) Under the terms of the New Testament, Though the church is a company of priests. We're we're called priests, aren't we? We're all priests. We never feel like we are, but we all sort of are. And uh, in the New Testament, we're still encouraged to bring a sacrifice of praise. And uh, have a look at Hebrews 13 or 1 Peter. And uh, basically, what this means is when we worship Jesus, we're actually offering something, and we're giving him something, and we're involved in a, a sacrifice of some kind. Or other, I think you get that sense in Paul's words, don't you? Uh, from those verses, offer your bodies as living sacrifice. So this is really, really important as you consider what's the best way of worshiping, because actually, worship, authentic Christian worship, is not about what we get, but rather about what we give. Now, I'm not suggesting we don't get anything when we do worship. Of course, we do. But actually. Amazing things happen when we offer stuff to God and give things to God. And actually, the more you give in worship, in sung worship, the more you receive. And often we receive so little because we give so little. Now, this is important, I want to suggest, because I've had so many people come to me, not here, but in, in church over the years, and say stuff like walking out of the door, oh, my, oh, I didn't get anything from that worship this morning or uh, that really didn't do it for me this morning. And really what people are displaying when they say those kinds of things, I know what they're saying, but a kind of, they're, they're displaying a misunderstanding of what worship is about because it's actually about Jesus and primarily it's what about what we offer and give, uh, not about what we receive. What do you offer? Well, when you come here on a Sunday and we sing these songs of worship, you give yourself. That's actually quite hard to do. You're self-focused. You don't get distracted or look around the room or think what you're going to have for lunch. Uh, You actually give yourself and your singing. It's amazing, isn't isn't it, how often we don't sing. And uh, we also give our independence because actually Christian sung worship is a corporate experience. It's not an individual thing. We join with others in worshiping Christ. And you even give your preferences. Because have you ever had this experience when you're worshiping and you kind of think, oh, I don't like that song. Yeah, I I have it all the time. Oh, can't they play it a bit faster? Come on, come on. Oh, no, we're not singing it again. You know, all this this sort of thing. Actually, let's try and we're offering. We're focusing on Christ and we're offering. I don't want to sound hard here, but... um, It's just an important reminder, isn't it, in our culture, which makes everything about us, makes everything about our needs, and everything about our focus. Actually, that's not what Christian worship is about. We focus on God, not ourselves. Thirdly, and finally, authentic Christian worship is actually about encounter, and this is really, really important. There must have been millions and millions and millions of people watching the Soccer World Cup. There were, there were hundreds of thousands watching the games out there in Brazil, worshipping Leo Messi, but only a handful of them actually met him. Most, most people never met him. I mean, you know, 99.9% never, never met him. One of the most extraordinary things about Christian worship is actually we come face to face with Jesus, This is the whole point. And in worship, we actually get to meet him and encounter him. And this is the most extraordinary thing. This slightly freaked me out when I came to faith, but we often lose this uh, as well. Unlike any other music, the most amazing thing about Christian worship is that when we sing songs of worship, Jesus himself is present in our midst because God inhabits the praises of his people, Psalm 22 tells us. So what's really, really bizarre about coming here Uh, on a Sunday feeling exhausted you know dropping the kids off juggling all the stuff is that we gather not to revere a memory but to celebrate a presence and meet Jesus through the worship through the word all the rest of it this actually has no parallel in any other religion this is why Christian worship is so significant so when we Worship when we sing songs to God. We're we're not singing our favorite top 10 hits from the 1980s, the 1990s, the noughties, or whatever it is. We're seeking to encounter Jesus uh, Himself. So, how do you do that? Well, here's some practical tips come on time, come ready to encounter God, come confidently. He knows you and welcomes you. Come expectantly because you're actually going to meet the living God when you actually sing songs of worship and also come as you are. In all the beauty and mess of your life, you don't actually have to pretend to have it all together. It's not like you're going to see the queen in Buckingham Palace and you have to go and buy a suit. Actually, you come as you are with Christ, with whatever you're carrying, great joy or failure or depression or doubts or fears, In great heartache or in great sin or financial difficulties or feeling great grief or frightened or sickness, you come as you are to this God who wants to encounter you, encourage you, love you, and embolden you. This is the extraordinary thing of Christian worship. Finally, come prepared for great intimacy. I had a slightly awkward experience a few years ago. I was putting one of my sons into bed, and uh, this little boy said to me, Dad, look at me. He was smiling. Then he leant forward and did this. New Testament word in Greek for worship is proskunio. It sounds like ham. <laughs> but it actually means come forward to kiss. And this is what's important about worship, that we, we don't forget all these truths of what's happening. So I'm going to very briefly conclude by telling you what the correct way of worshipping is. Of course I'm not, but I'm going to leave you to decide. But I've got a few recommendations as you think about it. Firstly, recognize that um, basically people worship God in many different ways. They always have done, they always will do. Some people love music on the organ, guitars, drum and bass. Some like it really loud and... Flashy, other people really quiet and soft around a candle, bands, lights, violins, whatever it is. Just remember, people do worship God, honor Jesus, bring an offering, encounter him in different ways. Be honoring. Seek to actually respect different ways that people worship. And be humble. You know, one of the great things we all do is we think our way is the right way. If you really, really think that, warning light should be flashing on your Christian dashboard. Finally, I really would recommend you're careful because as we've heard from that quote in the 1720s, actually, God seems to like to evolve and develop and change and deepen worship. And in history, if you look at Christian history, over the years, people have worshipped him in very, very many different ways, and uh, whatever your way is, it's going to morph and change and develop, and that's really, really exciting, so don't be uh, hard, don't get stuck in your ways, and remember, worship morphs and changes as God leads us to worship Him in different ways by His Spirit. We're going to take communion in a minute, and I I would just love you to just quietly reflect for a couple of moments on those three things adoring Jesus, bringing an offering, and encountering him in great intimacy. How's it going for you in your life right now at the moment? Let's just pause.